This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fokotani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How goes it today? It's going very well. You're actually in your house today, not under the side of the road, not quite making it back from no. drunken election parties. <laughs> Actually, I I was very close to being in my car on my way back from having an x-ray, but I managed to get here in time, and I'm very stoked about that because car interviews are difficult. And who are we introducing today? Today, it is my great pleasure to introduce Mike Waddell. Uh, He's the Director of External Relations and in charge of beer sales for Otago Polytech, where he has worked and served the Polytech for 43 years which I said to him must be like a lifetime. Welcome, welcome Mike. Welcome, Mike. Uh, kia ora, both of you. It's lovely to be here. I'm looking forward to a bit of a fun chat. So how has your bubble life been, Mike? Um, actually, that's been incredibly good. It's been, um, it's been enjoyable. I think we've been lucky, to be honest. Um, one where the bubble initially was working from home, uh, it went really well. Uh, the technology did this well, and um, it sort of felt a lot, quite relaxed actually. Um, walking, working, suiting yourself when you sort of what hours you work, you know, whether you did, did this traditional stuff where you had a break, went for a walk, and did a bit in the evening. It was, it was, it was, we were very lucky to be honest. How many did you have at home? Uh, there was only uh, Pam, my wife, and I were at home. So we were fortunate in the sense that we weren't juggling with, you know, school-aged children. Um, so we were lucky on that uh, aspect. And actually, the other part we were lucky with is that um, uh, you know, both our families with grandchildren live not far away. So they every now and again, they would sort of walk past the gate and we would have a, a long distance yarn um, and uh, so with that I mean it was sort of quite good but I think we were probably luckier than many uh, to be able to do that to be honest. It was interesting the the family relationships with, with people collecting food for other members of the family and having those conversations down the end of the driveway and things even if, even if it's families that don't actively like touch all the time it was still a kind of a weird thing that that being necessarily separated yeah i think i think you're right and you know i think there were many positive well we experienced many positives i mean you know uh, well we got to know all our neighbors a lot better funnily enough in the sense we 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 live in a cul-de-sac so um um, there were times when you know we had our separation, but we we just learned a little bit more about each other, and that was really cool. Um, then the other thing is that we explored, you know, our sort of, I suppose within a five k radius. And one of the things that we didn't know existed within our five kilometres is five hundred year old rimu trees that have been well protected and. Um, in the Craigie Burn area of Ross Creek, um, you know, I mean, that was a discovery for us, and yet we've lived there for 25 odd years. So, you know, I mean, it sort of allowed you to do well. You, yeah, you just explored stuff. It was great. We've had that a lot. That people have talked about the the importance of that that slowing down 
and noticing the small stuff around them, or in this case, the big stuff, but the the, the stuff that you didn't yeah, notice yeah. otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't it funny? You know, we're sort of kicking ourselves and thinking, "Goodness me!" So yeah, you're right. It's um, it's allowed that, and and you're right about the slowing down, Sam. I think it's sort of. I, yeah, it sort of forced you to slow down, and I think it forced you to do a bit of a reset about what's important and what's not. Um, and I think the value of community and the value of actually the value of New Zealand, to be honest, in my take anyway. Do you think, in terms of that resetting on what's important, it has changed how we we think about work, about careers? That that you know, there's there's a bit more of an element of. It's not, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to let this office politics get in the way so much because it's not what's important. Yeah, I, I think that absolutely. I think that's part of that sort of that resetting and understanding. Um, and, the, you know, it, it forced us to take time out. Therefore, it allowed you the space to reset. Um, and it wasn't just like being out for a week. It allowed you to, you know, you were out for a long time in a sense. You still, the technology allowed you to keep connecting, um, but it allowed you more space too. And I, I think that's been a good thing. And, um, you know, and yes, there's some, there is no doubt struggle in areas, but there's also, I think, some smart thinking that's come out of it. And I don't think that's all bad. What sort of smart thinking? Are, are you seeing sort of positive community developments coming out of it? Well, I, I, I think um, I think some of the smart thinking, and maybe it's not smart, but it's it's getting it's it's showing that you can do stuff um, that you thought maybe you couldn't do. And actually, the whole online learning world. One of my sons is a primary school teacher, for instance. So he was running his class from home. Um, he said those students that really engaged with with the times that they're on he said they were excellent they were great they were creative um and interestingly the other said the thing he enjoyed actually was he didn't have any behavior problems in class um, and so you know so maybe it wasn't the smart thinking but it was saying actually yeah we can do this and it's okay to do this um yeah so i think it's those sort of things that have allowed us to um just rethink um and, you know, there's not just one way of doing things. I think that's, a, for me, a key component. There's been an awful lot of things that we have done which we didn't think that was possible. You, you wouldn't have thought Correct. it was possible to, 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 to shut down a polytech and then carry on teaching. It, that would be just like yes. bizarre. There's no way we can do that. But we did it. I mean, it was emergency response. It wasn't necessarily the best possible education. But as things that would have previously been impossible turned out we could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I reckon, and I think that's, you know, I think that's sort of the, the good things, isn't it? You know, hard as it was, um, it had a positive impact, and what's wrong with that? But also it showed us that while we can do things, we also can recognise that sometimes it's okay not to do things. I know I was yeah. one of the people that rushed down to my ten on the, the Tuesday and bought a whole pile of varnish because I was going to do the, the windows. The, 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 the pot of varnish is still downstairs, and I don't care. Yeah, yeah that's, dead, that's dead right. I think the other thing, you know, it was sort of a bit of a basic, but was rethinking um, how many times do you actually have to go to a supermarket? You know, why don't you actually get smart about thinking either a delivery uh, or, you know, actually, you only need to go once a fortnight and think about that and, um, you know, and just be a better planner instead of this instant um, sort of world of, you know. And, I mean, I, I was a bit amazed at actually, um, and I reflected on it, you know, the people that, that formed amazing queues for takeaway food after we came in a lot of time. I mean, I was a bit saddened at that, actually, because I'm thinking, crikey, you know, what's wrong with actually doing some stuff at home? Anyway. Funny you should, um, speaking about the supermarket, Jack and I, my 10-year-old and I were just talking the other day, we haven't actually been in a supermarket since the start of the lockdown. 
we have we we immediately changed over to doing deliveries we have a, a tab that just sits open on my computer so when we run out of something we just add it to our shopping list and then once every few weeks we just send uh the the order into the supermarket and the groceries arrive and it's great and what's blown me away is that i just don't spend nearly as much money because you're not walking around buying things just because they're there yeah, I mean, isn't that funny, you know, and it is, you know, I keep going a bit back to the future because I know when I was a kid, you know, um, the grocer would come round and deliver the groceries and the butcher would do the same, you know, and um, then we've had a period of not that and then and now, I mean, certainly this is, didn't just happen at COVID, did it? But, but, you know, it's now become a fashionable thing to do. Why not? Yeah. So long as you can write on your list some impulse chocolate... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you, you, you have an emergency supply. This is about planning ahead, Sam, you know, emergency supply stuff. Uh, let's play Moody Blues, Days of Future. Why this one? Uh, one, I've always liked the Moody Blues, Days of Future Past, I think. It's just got a lovely sort of set of different, you know, music in it. And um, I just sort of, yeah, I, I just like it, actually. That's a good reason to play it here. Has the pandemic turned your work upside down, Mike? Is it carrying on being as business as usual or is it a whole pile of new challenges? Um, you know, I can't, it hasn't turned it upside down. Um, it's probably slowed things up because 
Um, I mean, you know, I am helping and doing some work with the Otago Brew School. So it sort of turned their world up quite a bit because, of course, with the people that were purchasing the product, um, then all of a sudden there was no one purchasing it because they were closed. Um, so we had to think a little bit differently and we had to look after people, actually. So those that have been very good to us, we made sure we were very good to them when they re reopened again. Um, so it's just been, again, thinking a little bit differently, thinking more on a, how do we support you know, uh, we are very lucky in terms of being a polytechnic. Uh, we've been well looked after, I believe, during the whole COVID challenge. Um, and not everyone has been in that position. So um, it's, you know, so it's it's probably slowed some things, made us think, what could we do? How do we help? What do you think it's going to do to people's ideas of education and careers? I mean, so, clearly some careers are on hold. If, if you we're getting into tourism, this is probably not the time to do it. Or maybe it is the time to actually be educated in it. But there must be, and then the well, other things. Uh, yeah, I mean, tourism is an interesting one, isn't it? I think it's about, um, uh, I actually think the tourism market or tourism full stop needed a rethink anyway and a, and a reset. Um, and I, I don't mean, you know, I mean, that's difficult for those that are in that game. Um, but I actually think we were getting getting to the point of um, not being able to enjoy um, what New Zealand has to offer, whether you're a domestic or an international person. Um, I think it was sort of a big race around how, how much can you see in five days? You know, well, not a lot, actually, or in terms of an authentic experience. Um, but there will be other opportunities that come out of that. I think if we put a sustainable lens on that, what might that actually mean? Um, and do we stop and reflect what we actually have in terms of a domestic tourist approach? I mean, interesting, I've been, we were, Pam, my wife and I were very lucky just two weeks ago to um, spend seven days down on the bottom half of the west coast and uh, Dusky Sound and uh, Pesica Point and um, all through there and on a, a boat uh, for seven days and there were, there were 30 of us on the boat through uh, real journeys um, and I was thinking they would be decimated. 99% of their travellers uh, for the last five years have all been New Zealanders who are exploring, you know, their own country, which is what we wanted to do. So it's about resetting and rethinking what's possible and what's not. Mm. Certainly going to be challenging for the, you know, the, the kids who have trained as kayak guides. I know that you and I both have kids in that position. Where do you think that they're going? Yeah. Interestingly enough, Sam, um, um, it may not be as, as challenging as we think because um, Jack, our son, he's just at home at the moment. He, he um, uh, their company, he was with uh, uh, Marahau, um Able Tasman Taxi stuff, and um, they were very good to them during lockdown. Um, their contracts, his contract finished in the mid-April. And because of lockdown, they, they actually extended the um, contract and kept paying them. Um, then they actually, in his case, they got him, a, he became a skipper on a, a fishing boat out of Greymouth, which was good experience. And now he's home and um, he, he was contacted by Abel Tasman just the week saying, hey, we're keen to get you up here by um, by um, start of December. And he's been in touch with some other mates and they are already doing some kayak guiding. So it's sort of... I mean, it won't be easy, and it may be not the same volume, but it does seem that Kiwis are prepared to do their own bit of travelling. I mean, the fact that New Zealanders spend $10 billion a year on international travel, if they spent $5 billion of that on our domestic world, that wouldn't be bad. So, you know, I think it's about how we rethink what we have to offer. thing is, I actually think it makes people rethink our pricing structure. It's clear that we have been pricing for an international market, which has made it difficult for New Zealand families, particularly you know families with young children, and um, and that to actually go and undertake some of this stuff. There's been a big push for a, a move to trades education and rethinking trades education, and that's been given a a big 
injection with the 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 talking about the the shovel ready is 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 that a is is the polytech ready for that kind of thing yeah well i i think i think it's it's if it's not really i think it is ready but and it's certainly gearing up for it I think some of the challenge is going to be is to get the educators into the system um, to do the teaching. So, you know, um, we've got, we could be running another stream of carpentry for next year. We've already added more on, um, but, you know, one of the challenges is to get the um, educationists into there to help. So, and that might need to have a rethink how we do stuff. So I think it's about being able to cope with demand will be the challenge. Um, but I think it's a good thing. I actually think it's timely for New Ze in the New Zealand context that though, particularly the trades and the technical areas, I think now are seen as a really viable career option, uh, pay paid well, um, and, and New Zealand and the world need them. I've heard criticism of the, the shovel ready as as being... Uh, sort of an, an old-fashioned idea that, that that's a sort of a 1960s idea and it's got a big gender problem because most of the people on the ends of the shovels aren't actually on the ends of shovels they're driving trucks and diggers mm. but perhaps if we could get that idea of shovel ready uh, more widely ex extended to include investment in social infrastructure and the arts and so on i don't have an equivalent i was just thinking is it apron ready or easel ready or something <laughs> is, is an yeah, opportunity I mean, in there? Oh, I think there's an opportunity. It depends whether there's a funding stream that comes with such a thing. Um, I think you know, there's been there's it's a great debate. Uh, I think I think they're all important actually, but um, it's a case where it sort of fits in the economic development uh, as we come out of COVID, or, or we you know we we look at the new new whatever that the new new will be, um, I think. I mean, it's clear, my view is that infrastructure has been underspent for not just three years, but actually many, many years. Um, and the time has come where we need to um, spend on infrastructure, whether that be health or education or a, uh, a new road or, a, you know, an environmental project or, you know, how do we become 100% sustainable on our electrical electricity supply, for instance, and... Um, I think that all of those come in, um, and I think there's a heap of opportunity. But you're right; I keep, I keep thinking of the Muldoon days. <laughs> big. Um, not that we want to go there. <laughs> the other day we, <laughs> the other day we talked to one of the BIT graduates who is doing an amazing job in Tanzania. He's working for a major uh, children's charity there, running their website and social um, streams and so on. But one of the things that he said, which upset me a little bit, was he said, oh, I'm only using my BIT a bit. And I was thinking, A, if, if, if someone had said someone was going to be doing that job as an outcome of their BIT, we would have been thrilled to bits. But yeah. how we are we positioning things wrong in terms of people are thinking that they're they're not using the education we're giving them because I would describe my my geography degree I use it every day now I haven't drawn a map for a very very long time but I still use geography every day. Yeah, I mean that's it, it is interesting, eh? Because uh, and I think it might be a failure of how we deliver and what we deliver. And I think one of the criticisms I sometimes have is that from a polyeducation, we are very, very focused on, on it might be IT, it could be nursing, it could be carpentry. But I actually think we need to expand the opportunity in those because the reality is no matter what you've studied, you're using many skills across many of those dimensions um, and particularly your soft skill stuff. So I think we might we might need to think how do we how do we take a broader educational approach to it while still actually getting the technical expertise in the area that you love to work in. Uh, it's, I mean, it is an interesting one, isn't it? How you connect. I mean, I think, I mean, I did an apprenticeship in fitting, turning and tool making ah, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, some of the skills that I, I use, I don't have to use them every day, but I reckon I use stuff. You know, all of those things that you, you learn on the journey. And it might not be the technical skills, because I don't know whether those technical skills still exist, but the 
the, the the problem solving and the having a purpose and all those sorts of things those are, would still be there yeah yeah exactly that and you know the satisfaction you know, to enjoy what you're doing you know you've done something you know, you look back and think oh actually that was really good or hang on i could have done better all of those things i think are really key actually so yeah you've got to take a wide view um i mean it's interesting you know talking to employers um they can they generally say that we can teach the skills but what we really want is that is the well, you know, the old term of the soft skills side of it. So it is that teamwork, it is that initiative, it is being able to work on your own or with others and different cultural and understanding and all of those things. That's actually what is really required. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, hope you all want to be stay beautiful superstar in your beloved universe. And I really hope that wherever you are, whatever thing around this June, we're all on to kids proving to be very rewarding, very stay and illuminating for you more and more each day. For you are the triumph of nature, isn't Perfect, unique, and making better. Thank you. So as we know, all life connected, as we know, all life's learning and as we know all life's learning together co-evolving and we are all contracted at all times so i had a wonderful day with leslie at Kanoe eco century sam's amazing wife and amazing sam amazing wife leslie came along to visit our staff meeting we had vegan cake and non-vegan cake for taylor's birthday and we heard all about all of the adventures that the tuck have been having with raising their baby and of course I'm in the process of encouraging Mahuika to look after her uh, fertile eggs and the other wahine atawa from her HQ are coming and visiting her and her klaki wharanui and seeing how she's doing and of course Poirot and Hastings are also visiting and Hastings was very nearly pecked by Mahuika when his brotherly concern may have not been that helpful to her but I am enjoying having these wonderful close relationships with different species in my life and getting to know them better. And Poirot and Hastings are nearly nine months old and they've become quite large. And you can hear Poirot making chirruping noises in the background. Because it's spring and it's increasingly summer, they have lots of energy to frolic about and chase each other and have adventures together. But they do just really like staying at home and following me around and helping me with what I'm doing within the Womansion, which is very kind of them. And of course, because I'm boxing up lots of Pika Pika bird feeders, the whole house is full of enticing boxes for them to play in, which is very exciting. So I really hope that for you, whatever species are surrounding you, you're having some really positive interactions and you're seeing how you're all learning together constantly. I had a wonderful time with St Bridget's School visiting us today at Orkanoi. And we talked all about water, the infinite cycle of water. And we talked all about wetlands. And we talked all about all the different life that relies on water and vice versa. And we pretended to be all the different kinds of water, the rain and the mist and the cloud. And trickled down the mountain, Maponui, that looks after Orokanui. And we turned into a pond and we turned into a river. And the trees slurped us up with their roots. And they released us again through their leaves. And we kept trickling down till we turned into a big waterfall. And then we turned into the estuary, flowing out into the sea. And we met the salt water and we started mixing with the salt water. And then we turned to the ocean, all the waves in the ocean. And then we got evaporated back up into the sky by Tamanui Otera, the beautiful sun. So it was very exciting to pretend to be the water. And it was very exciting to think about all the ways that we really love learning and we had so much fun playing hide and seek different chunks of the group would take turns going and hiding in the playground and then the other part of the group would come out until eventually it was the adults that had to hide and the children came out to find them it was very very exciting so we had lots of great learning together today so i really hope that you are having the opportunity to play and recognize your freedom and i really hope that Whoever is around you and wherever you are, you're really enjoying all the learning. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakiti.
You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Mike Quiddell. Mike, we've seen lots of changes in society over the, the past few months. What do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? Um, I hope I hope a reset sort of forms of resetting will stick in that we don't just go back 100% into the way we were or the way things were working or not working. To, um, I think um, there are some things we're just going to have to get a head around and how we might you know, do that, I'm not sure. But if, we, if we're thinking we're going to go back to the way the, old, the world was, then I think that would be the wrong way to think. I think we are in a different paradigm now. Um, there'll be elements of the same, and I would imagine there'll be elements of new and I think that's where we have to sort of focus on. Therefore, what opportunities does that actually create? And I do think it creates opportunities uh, for us. So, um, you know, what might they actually be? Well, I mean, you know, an operator thinking about, you know, the, one of the biggest sectors that have been hit is tourism. So what, what would be a, an appropriate answer to that? We're not saying tourism's bad, but are we? But how do we rethink of the consumption that that could have, or all of those things? I think that are, there's opportunity in there. Um, how do we actually explore New Zealand and appreciate it more? All of those things come back into it as well. Um, um, appreciation for others. You know, how do we look after others? Our communities, I think, you know, um, I do think as we found in our cul-de-sac, we, you know, got to know our neighbours better. Um, not all bad, actually. Um, so, you know, let, let's sort of work on those, you know, the fundamentals of who, who we are as people, not necessarily as things. When we're talking to people about the, the programmes at the Polytech, we're not just talking to the to year 12s and 13s saying, you know, here's how you sign up. We There is an element of, of working with the, the, the younger kids, setting them on that, that pathway. Yep. I wonder if there's going to be any, f- for those kids coming through, is, the, is it going to change their ideas about not necessarily the subjects, but the, the, the notions of careers? Um, yeah, I think it will, um, and, uh, and I, I think they're probably more adaptable than than I have been, or and others have been uh, the way we are. I think they they adapt far better um, because the world is the way the world actually is. I think they appreciate to a higher level um, the importance of um, climate climate change. Um, you know, they talk about it. They, I mean, you know, are, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Our um, our six-year-old granddaughter talks a little, quite a bit about that, and actually, and like many, it would appear from what you hear in the media, um, you know, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, ten-year-olds talking about politics and what they like and what they don't like. Well, actually, not a bad thing. Um, So yeah, I think I I I think it'll be a case of um, really sort of um, supporting and nurturing that you know. You can. The world is your oyster, and if you're creative and you're prepared to be open and listening and challenging, I think there is opportunity big time. And I think uh, you know, careers will be different as we as we know careers. It's going to be harder to explain to your six-year-old granddaughter why we haven't fixed climate change yet, because we've got a really good yeah. demonstration that we can do stuff when we really want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did right, and um, uh, and you know, talking to Jack, uh, twenty, what's he, twenty? Oh, he'll be twenty-five next year, won't he? Um, he's got a far more appreciation and understanding of, um, you know, our the news in the New Zealand context of um, working in the environment and nature and you know wildlife. Um, and and just about what's important, what's not important, what isn't important. Um, That's the 25, and you you talk to your grandkids, they're in tune. And I think that's, you know, in a way, that gives us hope. So what lessons do you think we can take from this experience for those bigger sorts of questions, the, the climate change and social inequity and so on? Well, 
I think you can take the lesson of, you know, you and I, Sam in particular, you know, would have listened to many people who said you couldn't actually teach online. Well, we did that overnight, you know, in terms of not just a bit, but a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I.e., you can do stuff. Um, So to me, that's the lessons of, you know, can we do it? Yes, we can. Um, If there's a willingness and a a, a way to do it, then I reckon you can do it. So um, I think it's how how you look at the issue and how you solve the problem. And there's no such word as can't, you know, it's about how you how you work. You're setting me up here to play Bob the Builder, but I'm not going to play Bob the Builder. I'm going to play We Are the Champions. Yeah, yeah. And when I think of We Are the Champions, I'm thinking of we as a New Zealand, all New Zealanders. I paid my dues time after time. My sentence, but committed no crime and bad mistakes. I've made a few, I've had my shells and kicked in my Mike, why do you think that we have been so successful as a country? I mean, there's, there's some element of, of the fact we're a small island, small islands in the middle of nowhere, but is it more than that? Oh, I think so. I mean, uh, yeah, we're lucky that we do have a big moat around us, so that is handy, as you say. Um, uh, but, but uh, you know, also um, I think it's people's ability. I actually think um, uh, I think we've been well led to be honest, um, regardless of the political sort of bent anyone wants to be on, I actually think we have been well led. I think we've had a master class in, in um, leadership, um, actually, uh, really. I, I, there's just no doubt about it. Um, I think actually we, we have taken the view where we've actually listened to the scientists and we've integrated that into the communication. Um, I think, the, you know, 99.9% of the population have just dug in. Uh, I think um, I think the support that the government have given, um, particularly you know the wage subsidy stuff 
to my view, was no doubt about it. You know, 1.7 million people being supported by a wage subsidy. Um, sure, it might have cost 13 billion, but yeah, so what? Um, really, you know, we've we've been lucky as a country that both actually governments actually, you know, whether it's been national or, or Labour, I mean, they positioned us in terms of a low debt environment. When you compare that to just look at what Italy or Spain or Brazil or, or America itself death is carrying. Um, so I think there's been a combination of factors. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully there's an element of people care about each other. And um, and, and the geographic spread has helped too, I'm sure. Um, you know, I've got a daughter living in Melbourne, just finishing her PhD. Um, is her partner Tom, he hasn't been into the office since March. Um, still hasn't been into the office, and believe it or not, he changed jobs halfway through it and still hasn't been to the office of the new place he's working. Um, yeah, you look at that and you look at what we've been able to do. Um, stop whinging, get on for it, and, and let's thank each other and thank the leadership. I think we did that over the weekend. Why? <laughs> You talked about it being a master. You talked about it being a masterclass yeah. in terms of communication, which you're. I'd say you're an, also an expert communicator. Do you think it might influence how communication is done? Things like the "be kind" well, message is, is really stuck. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, it would be my hope, absolutely, um, Sam, that that's exactly right. You know, you can. There's ways of communication and. Um, uh, I mean, I actually think you saw it in the lead up to the election is, is that there were two styles of, of communication between the two the two major parties. Um, one was, you know, chalk and, it was chalk and cheese stuff. I mean, you know, there was a whole, yeah, there's this, and, 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 you know, I think it won out on the day, actually. Um, and just and even before any election, you know, um, the communication styles were just so different. And um, so the be kind, the, the thinking, the caring, the, the empathy, acknowledging, I think, are, are key elements and the tragedies we've had as a country, you know, um, you know that, that we've gone through. Um, again, you know, to me, the empathy was just rigging out there in spades. I mean, you know, there's some, yeah, no, yeah, so I think it's that. It's just, it's been fantastic. And then you compare that internationally, you know, um, you, you think of what's happening in the States at the moment, you know, how, how that communication channel's working um, or not. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's where I see it, see is what we've been experiencing is a masterclass. I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh. Um. <laughs> That's a good question. I think um, I think uh, remaining uh, happy, stable, grandchildren, well, they're my successes, but they're part of a sort of, I suppose, a, a success of... Um, of a balanced, happy life. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are well, in our yeah. team. Okay. What is the superpower that's got you into our mansion? Oh, I think the superpower is actually about what you can do collectively together, um, not individually. You know, so if you work as a team, you work as a group, um, I think that's the, and being upfront and honest and uh, having empathy, I think is, is absolutely key. Without it, you know, what do you got? It was interesting, you're talking about the responses to the, to the tragic, to the terrorism and to White Island and, and now to, to the pandemic. All of those responses came out pretty quick. They weren't the result yeah. of you know, focus groups deciding how we should respond. <laughs> so there's a really yeah. close connection there between that successful communication and values. Yeah, no, I, I think I think there is, and um, you know, and if and if it's about valuing people, um, then that's we that's the difference. 
And um, so it's the people value that you put on things. I mean, I was amazed at a lot of commentary coming out about open the borders. We've got to look after the economy, economy, economy. Well, actually, if you have a nation of sick people, you won't have an economy. So let's, you know, so it's, it's, it's just a no-brainer. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, I probably have learned learning to be a bit of one. What I found, and I started not being able to help myself much, is the lead up to the election, uh, a lot of the social media commentary was just terrible and incorrect. Um, and so I was starting to be an activist on either asking people to prove, whether, you know, prove, okay, tell me what you'd do different. Um, tell me where it was written in policy, you know. Um, all of this sort of stuff, so probably more than I had been in the past. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, hopping on my e-bike, um, zipping down the hill. Um, the work I'm doing currently is real. Is a real hoot. Is um, working with our our craft brew school out of Cromwell. It's been a real fun project. Um, working with people. That's what does it. That e-bike's a game changer on the hill, isn't it? Oh, I tell you what, going home is fabulous. Well, coming down is fabulous and going home is just as fabulous. Because you do live quite a long way up. Yeah, yeah, it's about a about a 230-odd metre elevation to a couple of hills that you zip up. So what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Well, you know, I'm at an age where I've got to rethink of some challenge, actually, about, you know, what's the next career move um, in terms of, um, yeah, I'm keen that now that we've got five grandchildren, I live in the city, um, I want to be able to spend more time with them. Uh, so, you know, what, is that a challenge? No, it's not, but it's an opportunity. Um, I think doing a bit of work in our community when I don't come to the Taika Polytechnic, those sort of things. Um, I'm now, you know, I've sort of, I suppose, it is semi-retirement. I do three days a week here at the Poly, and then I do other stuff. So it's being able to, actually, being part of a challenge is understanding your balance, actually. And, uh, all of those things, I see that as a challenge as a young 66-year-old. Just a young thing, whipping around on a bicycle. Damn right. Built for two, mate. <laughs> and lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? I think you need to believe in yourself. You need to back yourself. Um, don't take no for an answer. Um, be, and actually, as the Prime Minister says, be kind. Thank you for that. Mawera. You know, Mike, listening to me, um, it strikes me that you've had a life well lived. And not just for the way you've lived your life, but the way you've inspired other to others to live theirs uh, and your teaching practice and your professional practice within the polytech and the way that you've raised your children. And now, um, of course, that impact will spread to your grandchildren as well. And that's a really impressive thing, isn't it, to, to live a life where you make a positive impact on, on a lot of different things that are happening around you. And well done. Good work. Oh, well, thank you. But And I think, though, it's also about opportunity being given. And we've been lucky, Sam and I in particular, and yourself too, um, being lucky to work with an organisation that values those things and gives you opportunity if you want to take them. So, you know, it's it's about a partnership. It's about working together, really. So, you know, how lucky are we? Yeah, here to that. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for joining us. The pleasure. Good fun. Let's go out to the front lawn of the beautiful things. The beautiful things, the beautiful things, the beautiful things. We see them every moment of the day. We see them, we want them right away. The beautiful things, the beautiful things We're full of desire every second, every moment of the day Desire to touch, to have, to have and to hold The beautiful things, the beautiful things The beautiful things, the beautiful things 
place than this Where everything's clean and fresh and new And the people are young and handsome and true But the world we live in is cold and it's dark And it's full of the dirt and the death and disease and the loneliness Yes, the loneliness And the heartache and sorrow and fear But it's okay, it's alright on every shelf and every shop there's things Yes, things Things from the land of the new been listening to blowing bubbles positive conversations with people in their bubbles their safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by otago polytechnic we're broadcast on otago access radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz you can find us on facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we had a contribution today from tahu mckenzie i'm samuel man in sawyer's bay Dunedin with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani and in North Dunedin at Otago Polytechnic, Mike Waddell. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.